All right, everybody, welcome back to the 2024 Lewisport Baptist Church Bible Reading Plan Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White, and today uh, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 1. We're still uh, in our session on on, fall, on the fall and original sin and, and God's judgment. Uh, and today we're looking at Romans 1, talking about really just the, the downward spiral of sin and, and how uh, sin really entered into the world and what the implications of that then were for, for all of, of, of humanity, right? And, and Romans is really... We could spend months and months in Romans and never fully crack uh, everything that's there that Paul has written to the church, uh, really as, as his exposition of the gospel, right? The whole letter is basically him just laying out the, the hope that we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in chapter one is really uh, where he, he introduces what the consequences of sin were and, and, uh, and, and what that means for, for the people he was writing to then and what that means even for us today as we read it 2,000 years later. It's arguably, Romans is arguably one of the greatest literary works ever. Like just the attention to detail that Paul has, the way he connects uh, the the sin and the work of Christ um, to, to what the Old Testament writings had to say about what would come in the Messiah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's incredibly thoughtful and intentional. And, and again, we could spend months there and never really hit all that we need to say, much less having just a few minutes to talk about this chapter. But really, he lays out in the first four verses the framework for which he'll expound the gospel throughout the letter, right? He he details how the gospel, uh, how it worked and what that meant for the people. And really, again, he sets it up as the framework for uh, really what his whole letter will ultimately be like. And really, when you get down to verse 16, that's really where... It's like uh, it's like he's stating his thesis statement, right, for what uh, what the letter would be about and really what the gospel is. Verse sixteen, he says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek." And in verse seventeen, he says, "For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith." So again, this is like his thesis statement, right? If there was a uh, a book cover for this letter, like this is this quote that's going on the cover, right? This is the thing that is going to stand out to let people know, hey, this is what this letter is about, right? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And even that last little sentence there, like, may seem insignificant, but for Paul writing this letter, like, and, and, and doing the work that he was doing, you know, going around and sharing the gospel to Jews and Gentiles, like, that was revolutionary for them, right? The fact that the gospel was not just for the Jewish people. The fact that the God of the Jews didn't just send the Messiah to save the Jews, but he sent him to save save all of his humanity, right? And that's what Paul is going to argue even in the rest of chapter 1, right? He from, from verse 18 through the end of the chapter, Paul goes on to really put the display to the to display the guilt of the Gentile world, right? As they're all under sin, right? He 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 doesn't just begin talking about the Jews, right? He kind of works backwards, right? He says uh, for the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and also to the Greek. But he starts with, with the Gentile, right? He starts with the Greek. Uh, and he does so really to show that all of humanity's biggest problem is is sinfulness, right? You, if you are familiar with the International Mission Board, the, the missionary arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, you know that their kind of quote tagline for the last couple of years has been that man's biggest problem is sin. Uh, and that's exactly what Paul is talking about in week one, or in, in sorry, week one, chapter one of Romans. He's talking about how all of humanity, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles also, the biggest problem that they have is not uh, their lack of discipline. It's not being uh, poor or needy, but their biggest problem is is sin. He doesn't bring up now 
the law to showcase that, right? He's not going to apply the Jewish law to people who don't believe or, or live under the Jewish law. But what he does is he appeals uh, to creation, right? He, to, he appeals to the God's created order. And that's what he says in verse um, 18 and 19. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. So his argument here is that all of creation really speaks to the truth of, of who God is, right? We can look at creation and see that, that there is a, a creator behind it, that there is a God who has intentionally worked to bring about this creation. And he continues on there in, in verses you know 20 and, and, and further. And he, he really appeals to the idea that God's invisible attributes are made known to all, right? But rather than responding in faith to what all man sees and experiences in creation. Now, what does he say they do uh, at the end of verse 18? He says they they suppress the truth. The unrighteous suppress the truth. That means that that all man knows deep down. We have this innate sense that, that there is something out there that has created us and that has authority over us. But we suppress that truth, trusting rather in ourselves or in, in worldly ideas, uh, to, to, to get us through this life, right? We, we suppress the truth of God because that's what sinfulness has done to us, right? Sin has blinded our, our eyes to the, the, the truth of God that is made known through creation. But later he goes on to say uh, in verse 21, he says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And even right before that in verse 20, he says, Because of all this, they are without excuse. So their sinfulness has led them ultimately to judgment, right? And and ultimately that God is going to to judge them because of their sinfulness. He's arguing that all people in some sense know God, but as they suppress this knowledge of their creator, God is one day going to come and, and judge uh, their suppression of this truth, right? This is this idea of general revelation, right? Even that we talked about in the last couple of weeks as we looked at creation, that God makes himself known through his creation. And because man suppresses the truth that God has made known about himself, God ultimately gives him the, these people what they want, right? They desire to be uh, turned over to their own desires and their own ways, and, and God does that. Uh, and he connects Paul here in this writing. is so beautiful. He connects this slide into sinfulness to what we see uh, in Genesis 3 through 11, right? In those early chapters of Genesis, before we get to Abraham, we see what sinfulness does to man, right? In, in Genesis 3, we see that Adam and Eve disobey God. Then we see uh, the, the story of Cain and Abel in, in chapter 4, and we move on uh, through those genealogies ultimately to get to Noah and that God has uh, responded to the sinfulness of man in such a way that he's going to flood the earth. But he, he leaves a remnant, as he always does in his judgment, right? We'll get to more, more of that later on in the, in the Old Testament as we look uh, through throughout the Old Testament. But uh, he judges the world because of its sinfulness, leaves Noah through the flood. Uh, and then even quickly post-Noah, even as we get into like Genesis 10, uh, 10 and 11, we see the Tower of Babel, right? That all these people that then descended from Noah keep giving themselves over to their sinful desires. Their eyes are blinded to the truth of God uh, and that God judges them again for that. And he scatters uh, the people throughout all the earth. And ultimately, that's what leads us to the need for God to make covenant with the specific people. And that precedes all the calling of Abraham, uh, which 
Paul ultimately gets into discussing in the next chapter uh, in Romans 2. So Paul goes and, and to show us in chapter 1 that sinfulness has has caused broken relationship between man and God for all man, not just for the Jews, but for all man. And ultimately, we only have one hope in the midst of that, and that is the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ that Paul will go on uh, to present. And, uh, you know, it's again, it's some of the most beautiful uh, literature that we really have in all the Bible and really in all of human history in the way Paul constructs this argument here uh, to show how man has slid into this this sinful state and ultimately to show the repercussions uh, of that, which he kind of sums up in verse uh, 28 and, and following. He says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And then he details all the different sinful practices that people have slid into. And really, that's we still see the result of that in the world today, right? We see, uh, even though that we are not under Jewish law, that we are still guilty of sin. We see sinfulness in the world all around us because sin has has taken hold of everything in creation. But thanks be to God that we don't have to stay in that uh, repercussions of our sinfulness, that through Christ we have forgiveness, we have restoration, and we have redemption. And that's what Paul's going to go on even to discuss uh, in our next uh, chapter that we'll look at, which will be Romans chapter 5. So I'll look forward to discussing that with you next time. Uh, pray that you're uh, enjoying this time in our scriptures as we're even dealing with some heavy passages. Like I said, we could spend days talking about just Romans chapter 1 itself. But again, we hope this gives you a good bird's eye view of the scripture and, and how uh, really for today, how we've seen the downward spiral of sin in, in creation. So uh, looking forward to speaking with you next time. God bless.